Hi and welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. We are so glad you are here and our hope is that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. We have Pastor Geshom sharing God's word with us today. He teaches us from the life of Hannah on how to go beyond our status quo and live the wildly abundant life that God has in store for us. Will you ask God to speak to you today and to show you where you may need a nudge to step out of your current situation and into his amazing landscape? Hi church, it's such a joy and a privilege to be bringing God's word to you today. It's uh, been a couple of weeks since we actually shared God's word and even as we heard last week from the life of John the Baptist, he must increase, that is God must increase and I must decrease. I don't know for how many of you, it's been um, a journey in itself, this entire season that we all are in. You know, for most of us, uh, we've been unable to, you know, actually meet with others. For some of us, we've braved out and we've been there meeting others. But for majority of us, we've been hesitant. And, you know, in the process of all that's been happening, we kind of like get into the cycle of just thinking all about ourselves. And last week's sermon kind of like hit home for me to say, God, I want you to increase in my life and I want myself to decrease, everything of myself to decrease. And even as I was preparing to speak, uh, I've titled this week's sermon as Beyond the Status Quo. And as Christians, as followers of Jesus, you know, majority of our time, we are happy where we are at. I can even refer back to two weeks back when, you know, uh, Pastor Paul was speaking and he said, you know, a lot of us, you know, are comfortable just being couch potatoes because we are just happy in our own bubble. We are happy that we are saved. We are happy that, you know, Jesus is just me and Jesus is uh, nothing in the world can trouble me. The world events happening around, things happening to people I care about won't affect me. But the more you look into the word of God, the more you start reading, you soon realize that you cannot be happy with the status quo. You kind of like come to this place where the Holy Spirit starts, you know, nudging you, saying, hey, Geshom, you need to take that step of faith. Hey, Geshom, you need to show that extra bit of grace. Hey, Geshom, you need to be able to move so that you will be able to see God more. And today, even as I'm preaching this, I'm standing here as a servant waiting for God to work in and through me and give me the courage so that I even take that step of faith. And so even as we both journey together, even as you who are listening and even as I who am speaking journey along, we're going to see from the life of Hannah from the Old Testament of how she didn't confine herself, how she didn't give into the demands of her uh, you know, community and society, but she sought after God and she said, you know what, I don't want this to be my status. I want to make sure that I'm able to break away from the status quo and see something big happen in my life. And today, a lot of us, me included, have so many places where we've kind of kept God away saying, God, I'm happy with this. It could be a job. For some of you, it could be a marriage. For some of you, it could be a kids. For some of you, it could just be your very own life because you're just single. And you're like, you know what? Life seems better this way. But God has greater things in store. And even as we heard last week, the purpose that God's placed us here on this earth is beyond my job, is beyond the things that I have but is to find that God-given purpose so that we'll be able to pursue it. It's so that people around me will have a taste of Jesus. They'll experience Jesus so that this faith that's in me will start attracting many others into his saving grace. 
And even before we step into seeing into Hannah's life, I want to read from 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. And it goes on to say, I'm reading from the ESV version and it says, So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. I'm going to continue on reading the same thing from the Passion Translation because I feel certain words kind of like jump out. So abandon every form of evil, deceit, hypocrisy, feelings of jealousy and slander. In the same way that nursing infants cry for milk, you must intensely crave the pure spiritual milk of God's word. For this milk will cause you to grow into maturity, fully nourished and strong for life, especially now that you have a taste of the goodness of Yahweh and have experienced his kindness. You know, one of the important things about being in the same place, happy with the status quo, you know, we kind of like become complacent. We tend to see that we are giving into certain things, you know, when we give into, it says here, we have to abandon all forms of evil. But when we say, you know, when we are complacent and we are happy with that status quo, we're kind of like giving into evil. We're kind of giving into deceit. We're kind of giving into hypocrisy. We're kind of giving into feelings of jealousy and slander. An enemy uses these to kind of like say, hey, you know what? I think you're, since you already know Jesus, since you already know who God is, I think these emotions are okay because this is normal what you feel. But the more you delve into God's word, it says we need to crave intentionally, you know, for spiritual milk, which is the word of God. I don't know how many of you have realized that when, when, when as a parent, uh, when you're actually dealing with a newborn, you just don't give everything. You know, there's a particular phase in which you give uh, milk, then you migrate into giving, you know, solids which are mushed and, you know, and, you know, they're kind of like mashed fully and then you kind of give, you get them used to eating, you know, and then suddenly over a matter of eight months, they're used to eating a bit of solid food and then you kind of migrate them and they hit one, they're just putting everything that's around them into their mouth, you know, and it kind of like comes down like that, the more you kind of like start leaning into God's word. When you take that time to read a passage, when you take time, you know, to read a passage and open up your heart, you start allowing that to change. And automatically, for what changes first is probably not your surroundings, but your mind starts changing. You kind of like have this understanding where the Holy Spirit starts saying, Geshom, this is not who you're meant to be. You're meant to be more than this. And then there's a small movement that happens because you've started allowing the scripture to dictate what's important for your life. And before you know it, you know, because you allow the word of God, you become mature, you start becoming fully nourished and you start becoming strong for life. And it's interesting, the more I've heard of testimonies of people, the people who've actually dwelt, you know, deeper into God's word and made it their very own lifeline have soon realized that they can withstand the different storms of life. They're able to withstand, you know, the blessings that come with Jesus when traveling along with them. They're able to withstand even when troubles come, they still have their eyes on Jesus. You know, I was listening to a podcast and the preacher goes on to say this way that, you know what, every day I'm living, I want to run this race well. I want to run this race well because I know my end is coming soon. You know, it's a perspective change for us. A lot of us are looking at, you know, I have a race to run. I have 20 years to run. I have 30 years or, you know, when I have, when I, I should be able to reach 80 and then I should have run this race well. But every weekend that we get 
passed by, every week that passes by, every month that passes by, we're actually inching closer to that finish line. And, you know, you don't want to inch closer to that finish line as a babe, but you want to grow into this mature person who has a big understanding of God, who's taken those steps of faith in Jesus every day. And soon you've taken that into your different stages of life and you've seen God come through. And, you know, uh, reading from First Peter, I kind of like got this understanding that, you know, it's easy for us to take a back seat. It's easy for us to like, you know, say we are happy. You know, this is what I, uh, this, this is the Christian life I always wanted. But God has great things in store. You know, C.S. Lewis goes on to say this beautiful uh, quote. He says, look for yourself and you will find in the long run only hatred, loneliness, despair, rage, ruin and decay. But look for Christ and you will find him and with him everything else thrown in. The more you start following Jesus, you'll soon realize Jesus is actually in those next steps. Jesus is more present in the next step than he was in the step before. Jesus was. Jesus becomes more real every step of faith that you start taking. Because you soon realize you're not taking it out of your own strength. Your focus suddenly changes. Your dependencies all come down and you start having this intimacy with God. And he starts speaking to you. And many a times when he starts speaking to you, people around you will not understand. You know, and even as we look into the life of Hannah, you're going to see that there are so many instances where she could have been happy. She could have, she had the, she had a good life. She could have been happy, but she wanted more. Why did she want more? It's probably because she knew God had greater plans in her life. Yes, you heard me say that right. She probably knew God had great things in store for her. And a revelation of something like that kind of changes our perspective of our own lives. You know, the more you start reading God's word, you'll start claiming God's promises. You'll soon realize it doesn't match your real life situation. And then you have this deep desire saying, God, change this for me. And soon as you start growing deeper, you'll, your prayers change. Lord, even as I see this, what is it that you have in store? And even uh, as we dive deeper, my prayer is that God will speak to you. God will ask you to take the step of faith. You know, the, as we see, in the life of Hannah, Hannah was a mother of Samuel and he goes on to be the prophet that Israel in fact had from the beginning. And, you know, from then on, we go and see where he kind of like anoints kings and he's there. And, you know, uh, he probably is uh, the major prophet who actually, you know, takes Israel on this journey. And as we see in that, uh, Hannah is married to Elkanah and then, you know, she's just not the only wife for Elkanah and there's another wife because and she ends up having children. Hannah doesn't have children. And even as we go into reading 1 Samuel, you're going to see more in detail into the life of Hannah. But before that, are we willing to stay in the status quo or are we willing to take that step of faith so that we do not remain in the status quo? The first thing that I would like to draw our attention to is Hannah pursued her God and no one else. Hannah pursued her God. Her God was the God of Israel and she didn't pursue anyone else. Let's read from 1 Samuel chapter 1 verses 1 to 5 and it goes on to say, Now there was a certain man of Ramathian Zophim of the mountains of Ephraim and his name was Elkanah the son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuph, an Ephraimite. And he had two wives, the name of one was Hannah and the name of the other Penina. 
Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. This man went up from his city yearly to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. Also, the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord were there. And whenever the time came for Elkanah to make an offering, he would give portions of Penina, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb. It's interesting when you're reading this verse, it says two things. The husband loved his wife and the Lord had closed her womb. A lot of us today are probably in the same place where we feel, you know, God's withheld a blessing and, you know, probably people around me are being nice to me. But there's something about Hannah and this whole thing. When we read on, we'll see that she desired more. And it's not a wrong desire. It's probably every woman's desire to have a child of her own. She was loved here. It says here that Hannah was given double portion of the offering portions that were supposed to be given. And she was loved. She could have been happy in the thing that, you know, probably it's not meant for me to have children and she could have been happy. She could have remained in that status quo. But it's interesting, a step of faith that she took when they decided to go to the temple. She wanted to pour out her heart to her God. Let's go on to read verse uh, 8 in First Samuel chapter 1. It goes on to say, uh, Why are you crying, Hannah? Elkanah would ask. Why aren't you eating? Why be downhearted just because you have no children? You have me. Isn't that better than having 10 sons? You know, when I'm uh, listening to what Elkanah is saying, I am reminded of myself where many a times, you know, uh, I've not been able to understand the situation my wife is in. And I've tried bringing a solution there. I've tried, you know, problem solving that. I've tried even comparing, saying that, you know, the situation that you're in is far better than the situation where others are in. Comparison of a situation to another person who's actually suffering or who's going through something will never help. You know, telling them that, you know, they are in a better place will never help because they are in this place where they are grieving. And many a times, I don't know what your secret you know, heartache is, what your unspoken request is. But if you find yourself in the same situation, you know, you, you might be loved by everyone. You might have the perfect marriage. You might have, you know, loving parents. You might have, you know, good friends around you, supportive friends. But it comes down to this, that one lack that you have. Who are you pursuing after? Is it God or is it someone else? Because when we read further, it goes on to say that Hannah knew who her God was. Because she said, she goes on and she, you know, literally goes there and offers herself to God and says, God, please, please come into my situation. So like Hannah, probably we are suffering internally. We have something that we are longing, you know, and waiting on God for. And I don't want to like, you know, minimize that. All of us have that. Probably for some of you, it could be, you know, uh, having uh, a, a life partner coming along into your life. Or it could be for some of you, your very own children that you have, you're scared about your future. For some of you, it could be your job. For some of you, you're probably, it could be some wound that is in your heart that you've just been carrying all your life. For probably a couple, it could be the fact like, Hannah, you might be wanting a miracle to happen for you. But today, I would ask that, you know, you would quieten down all the other voices that are around. 
You know, it's interesting that in this whole scheme of things with her uh, problem that she had, she didn't go, uh, you know, and put her trust in anyone else. It's it's clear here that, you know, people around her were willing, were sympathizing with her. Probably she was a person with, you know, noble character. You know, she dealt herself rightly with people. But there was a situation in her life where she knew she had to only open up to God. And she did that. So today, can we as you know, followers of Jesus, look to only God for the answer and not to human beings or to fellow friends or to family? And can we pursue after God? And what does pursuing after God look like? It first looks like us taking our time to actually just read the word of God. What does pursuing you know, God look like? It's for showing up wherever he's planted you. You know, it's interesting. Many a times we get asked by people, you know, to uh, please pray for my situation. But the truth is, if you do not pursue hard enough and if you don't pursue God enough, you know, the prayers that we pray, yes, God will answer. But there's probably a different kind of velocity when you combine it with your own personal prayer. And that's the second point which I'm going to stress on. If we really pursue after God, we will be able to make sure that we don't lean into anyone else. And church today, you know, over the last couple of weeks, all that we've been hearing is, you know, who are you leaning on? Who are you really leaning your voice into? Are you really listening to God from the life of Elijah we saw? We also saw from the life of Nathaniel the week before that. So who are we leaning to? It's only God that we can lean to. I love the fact that the New Testament has Jesus who walked on this earth. You know, there's, there's this beautiful picture that I always get to see that if Jesus walked on this earth, he knows what's happening on this earth. If Jesus walked on this earth, he was here for 33 and a half years. He felt what this earth really, you know, is feeling even right now. So your pain, your heartache, your struggle, he does feel it. Yes, it was probably 2000 years back. But if you look back, the, the hurt and the ache and everything that we are going through has remained the same. Yes, we've advanced technology-wise. We've advanced, you know, the way we live and, you know, the way of uh, we understand how the world functions, you know, and how the world is. But the heartache and the pain is the same. And so would you allow that Jesus to work in and through your life? So can you today make a decision to pursue after God and not pursue after anyone else? No, saying no to the philosophies of this world, saying no to teachings which are not founded in the word of God. Because today, Teachings which are not founded in the word of God are plenty. Today, teachings that are founded by influences are many. But always compare it with the word of God. What does the word of God say? You know, because you, you, as much as you want to live in the moment, Christian life is beyond living in the moment. You're learning to live for eternity. You're learning to move into the uh, zone of wanting to live for eternity because you're focused entirely on God. Is this beneficial? Is this purposeful in my life? Is this something that I want to have in my life? And when you pursue after God, he'll start working in and through you. The second thing we see, learn from Hannah's life is Hannah lamented and poured herself before her God. Hannah lamented and poured herself before her God. It's interesting. Today, who are you pouring yourself out to? Even last week, as we heard the word lament, it's, you know, it's just between you and God. It's not between you and another pastor. It's not you between another prophet. It's not between you and another spiritual mentor. No, it's between you and God. 
pouring yourself always comes down to that action. Let's read from 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 9 to 18, and it goes on to say, So Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord, and she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall come upon his head. And it happened as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli watched her mouth. Now Hannah spoke in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she was drunk. So Eli said to her, how long will you be drunk? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered and said, no, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief, I have spoken until now. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition which you have asked of him. And she said, Let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. So even as we just read, we just saw Hannah pick herself up and go to the tabernacle. And mind you, the tabernacle at that time had, you know, a covering where no one was allowed to go into the Holy of Holies and even to the chamber outside. And so she probably would have been near one of those doorposts where she was just probably crying her heart out. And I love how Hannah pours herself out to the, to the God of all uh, gods, you know, to the God of angel armies. And this is what she says, you know what, God, I'm broken here. And in that brokenness, I love her prayer. She, she was serious about what she was asking. She was serious about what she wanted from God. She was clear with what she wanted. She wanted something, but she was saying, God, I will dedicate that child if you give. A son, if you give, I will dedicate. And she also gives, goes an extra step. I will make sure that there will be no razor that is put on his head. In fact, in those days, you know, the entire Nazarenes, they were called, were dedicated. They never, you know, drunk wine. They never got their head or their hair cut, you know. And so they dedicated themselves. That's a way of, you know, taking an extra pledge of saying, you know, this is our way of honoring our God and following him in his footsteps. She did that. She did that. And look over here. It's interesting. Your lamentations before God is between you and God and doesn't have to be understood by others around. And so it's interesting that Hannah found her quiet place. She poured everything out. In fact, when, it, she, when, when she's pouring herself out, it says here that she prayed within her heart. Yes, she probably would have been weeping. And she probably was, you know, totally devastated and broken, standing, kneeling there and praying. And Eli, who saw that, thought she was drunk. It's interesting that, you know, many a times the people closest to you will not understand what you're lamenting for. They'll never understand what you're lamenting for. And so today, I want to encourage you, if you are quietly been crying and asking God for something, hold on to it. Hold on to it. And there's a beauty in that, that, you know, you only direct it towards God. Do not direct it towards people. Because the minute you direct it towards people, you will give up on faith. 
you will give up on the fact of holding on to that and seeing God come through because you'll be discouraged. And today, another important thing is in your move of, you know, moving from the status quo, don't depend on others to understand your lamenting. You know, it's interesting that if I'm suffering something or if I have a lack for something as a human being, I will find another person who has that same lack and try to find that common ground and form that friendship and, you know, probably talk about it. In one way, it's good, but in one way, it creates a weird dependency. And then when that person gets their miracle and moves on, I'm left here with bitterness. And even as we read earlier in First Peter, that becomes jealousy. And then automatically, I just stay put. I'm happy with my status quo of being a Christian like this. So today you're lamenting, take it before God. Take it before God, direct it before God. And it's interesting that when you lament before God, God in his spirit will also move you to make certain decisions. You know, you can't have everything and ask God to still bless you. The more you start lamenting, God will show so many things to you where you'll have to let go. And so today, what are you willing to let go? What are you willing to let go to have that blessing from God? Hannah was said, says here that I'm willing to let go of my son to have that blessing. And I love how, you know, even though Eli first made a mistake of saying she's probably drunk, later goes on to agree with her. And so today, if you are waiting for that miracle, are you seriously praying about it? Are you seriously seeking God about that? Because until unless you seek God, you know, having others pray with you doesn't have that, there's, there's, there's no momentum to it. But if you're serious about it, and if you've been asking God, and if you've been, you know, praying and saying, God, God, please come through, I need you. And then when you ask a community of believers who believe in the same God, they will kind of like come and attach with you and propel that same request to God. And you will see a miracle come. And when you see that coming, all that you can say is that this is the Lord's doing. This is the Lord's doing. I want to read from Psalm 57. And it goes on to say Psalm 57, 1 and 2. In the Passion Translation, it says, Please God, show me mercy. Open your grace fountain for me. For you are my soul's true shelter. I will hide beneath the shadow of your embrace, under the wings of your cherubim, until this terrible trouble is past. I will cry out to you, the God of the highest heaven, the mighty God who performs all these wonders for me. Hannah knew that if she had that miracle baby, it was only the Lord's doing. It wasn't the doctor's reports. It wasn't another breakthrough, you know, pregnancy method. It was only the Lord's doing. Even as you wait on the Lord, you will soon realize that waiting on the Lord is like this grace fountain for you. He'll give you grace to go through every situation. He'll give you grace to handle every, you know, that waiting. He'll give you grace to, you know, be joyful in the midst of your waiting. So even as we first saw that Hannah directed everything that she had and she pursued after God, we saw the second thing as Hannah lamented and poured herself out to her God. The third thing is Hannah lent her son back to her God. 
And the reason why I've chosen the word lent is interesting. It's in one of the translations, it says that she lent. In most of the other translations, it says she dedicated. And this word lent kind of like caught my attention. So first, let's read the scriptures. It goes on to say, 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 20. So it came to pass in the process of time that Hannah conceived and bore a son and called his name Samuel, saying, because I have asked for him from the Lord. Verse 24, now when she had weaned him, she took him up with her with three bulls, one ephah of flour and a skin of wine and brought him to the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young. Then they slaughtered a bull and brought the child to Eli. And she said, oh, my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood by you here praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed and the Lord has granted me my petition which I asked of him. Therefore I also have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. So they worshipped the Lord there. Even as we have just read what Hannah did with her miracle coming, it's amazing to see that you know she didn't just keep the miracle all for herself. She stuck true to what God had told her. God, she had promised God that, God, I'm going to give him back, you know, as a person whose, whose hair I'm not going to cut. And I'm going to give him back so that he can serve you. Today, are we willing to part with our miracle? Just like Hannah did, so that God will be glorified. I love the fact that, you know, today, a lot of us are waiting for a miracle. But the perspective has to change because the miracle cannot be our end goal. Our end goal is the miracle giver. You know, our breakthrough cannot be our end goal. The person who is across time is our, you know, is our focus, is our, you know, is the prize that we are running after. You know, my job promotion is not my end goal. Or, you know, my son getting into a good college is not my end goal or my bank balance becoming up is not my big goal or that open door that I'm looking for is not my big goal. The big goal is my God, my Savior. He is the light. He's the one I'm running after. All this will keep coming because today in 2021, you will want one miracle. In 2022, you definitely will want two miracles. In 2023, you'll definitely want three miracles. That's how a human, uh, you know, how we look at it is, how we start seeing and wanting and, you know, seeing God come to. And I, I strongly believe, you know, we worship a God of miracles, but we can never, you know, stand in that place of a miracle and say, this is enough for me. Because the minute you receive a miracle, the stance for yourself is going to be, this is not enough. I want more of you, Lord. I want to chase after you. I want that the deeper, the deep hunger will come. And it's interesting that she says Lent because this is interesting concept when we understand when God gives something, you know. We beautifully sing it saying God gives and God takes. We are okay until God gives, but we are broken when it comes to when God takes. So as much as we know that we serve a God, we follow a God, we have faith in a God who gives, we also have in a God who takes. And I love that beautiful equation because many a times, you know, it's in that receiving and it's in that giving that we'll understand God much more. It's in that receiving and it's in that giving, we'll go deeper into God's word. You know, uh, we receive from God's word, his truth. And our 
main objective as Christ followers on this earth is to give that truth to others, not to hold it up for ourselves. The petitions that we pray, the, the prayer requests that we ask God for, and when it comes through, we receive it. But when those are getting answered, there is an element of us giving it out in different forms. That job that I've been praying for and I get just doesn't become a job and something that I slog after that I forget God. But it's in that I understand, God, what do you want me to do through this job? It's in that blessing when I get that, uh, you know, when God opens your womb to have a child, that when I receive that child, that's what I love baby dedication because it's where you come before a congregant of believers to say, you know what, we don't know how to bring up this child. We trust God to bring up this child and we want this child to grow so that, so God who's trusted you with this child is wanting you to steward the child so that at the right time you let go into the world so that they'll be able to do what God's called them to do. Hannah was way earlier. In fact, for Hannah, the prayer that she made, it says, in all probability, Samuel was left in the temple when he was three or four years old. And even at that, it got me to think, God, many a times I've received the miracle from you, but I've not given anything back. The reason why I've chosen the word Lent is because it defiles God's equation. You know, to us, it might look like you're lending it back to God, but the blessings that come back from God are unmeasurable, you know. And so can we just read this particular verse in 2 Samuel chapter 2, verse 18 to 21. It goes on to say, But Samuel ministered before the Lord, even as a child, wearing a linen ephod. Moreover, his mother used to make him a little robe and bring it to him year by year when she came up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. And Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife and say, The Lord give you descendants from this woman for the loan that was given to the Lord. Then they would go to their own home. And the Lord visited Hannah, so she had conceived and borne three sons and two daughters. Meanwhile, the child Samuel grew before the Lord. Just look at this. Hannah joyfully released, lent her son back into God's work. And she visited him, it says here, year after year. She was able to understand that God is in control till an appointed time, till Eli declared that blessing over her. And look at the blessing that came upon her. You know, she's released one. She's lent one to the Lord. But the God of Israel has blessed her back with three sons and two daughters. Not just one, not just two, three sons and two daughters. Even as we read 1 Samuel, we'll see that, you know, in chapter 2, we'll see, you know, Hannah breaking out forth with the praise. It's similar to that praise which Mary sang when she had Jesus. The praise of a miracle that hap that's happening, a person that's coming in to do greater things in this world. And so today, the, what is the song that we are singing the minute we receive our miracle? When we receive that miracle, are we directing it back to God? Are we giving it back to God? So church, as I mentioned earlier, what is that miracle that you're waiting for? For those of you who have received the miracle, how are you dealing with it? How are you handling that miracle? Because as stewards of God, as God's followers, we just don't get to keep it, but we need to learn to you know, use it, steward it wisely and give it back. And it's in that giving back, we'll start seeing God even more bigger, even more closer, even more deeper. I, for one, have witnessed that time and again, 
whatever door and whatever opportunity that's come knocking when i've received it as god this is your provision this is the door you want me to enter and i'll enter it lord and eventually i've seen that that miracle just becoming something you know which i can you know be a blessing with to many others and i've seen many other doors open i've seen breakthrough come after breakthrough and sometimes you know the waiting period between one breakthrough and another has been there but i love how you know i've been challenged time and again i've been challenged time and again by reading hannah's life that i want to pursue god and nothing else i want to lament before god i want to say god i want to do this so that i can you know glorify you church today if there's one thing that we have to get right is the fact that our prayers cannot be just for ourselves god wants us to ask those prayers so that he can have his divine purpose in and through us so that he bless not just his community but his people on this earth what is it that god's asking you you know and what is that miracle that you're waiting for because whatever miracle that you're waiting for you will be asked to dedicate it to the lord so that you'll be able to see his plan and purpose come through and that's the beauty about moving from the status quo and so today for those of you who've been longing who've been waiting for that breakthrough probably it's time to change that prayer for those of you who've been looking at god's provision completely wrong you've been probably thinking of you know uh, uh, you know just uh, month to month you know from 31st to 1st that's all that you've been seeing you know be- between that whatever i get i just god it's not enough but can you ask god god what is it you want me to do what is it you want me to change dive deeper into god's word for those of you who have not pursued god but have pursued others let go of others i would challenge you if you've been you know sick and if you've been asking god for a miracle if you've been dependent on everything else can all that become secondary but can you depend on god far more than what you depend on others god will come through for those of you who've been praying those prayers and yet haven't seen answers can you change your prayers so that you can pour yourself out to god and say god this is the burden that i'm carrying this is what i want to see happen in my life i want to see the salvation of my family members i want to see the salvation of my coworkers i want to see the family salvation of my children and god will bring it to pass ask god for that grace and for those of you who are waiting for that miracle for that door to open can you change that prayer and saying god when the miracle happens lord i want it to actually propel me to do even more than what you've blessed me with i love in 2014 when you know we were sitting um in our first uh, sunday service we were sitting uh, in australia and pastor brian spoke this sermon on pioneering and you know me and tina really felt that message was for us because you know in that there was this one statement where it said you know pioneers are not caught or held by their children pioneers are not held by their children down and which meant goes on to say that if you're pioneering something for god's glory you can't be held back because of your children saying you know oh i'm stuck here because of my kids thing or i can't do this because my kids need me god who's trusted you with your kids will look after your kids God who's trusted you with children knows how their future has to be so quit worrying so much and do what God's called you to do 
for those of you who are constantly you know just going about saying you know what i want to do it right for my kids i want to make sure they are in the right school i want to make sure they are you know their uh, emotional quotient is heard they are you know they are uh, their brain activity is doing so much all that is good but are you trusting them enough to god who actually gave you in the first place let's not elevate our own children far more than what god has to be elevated in our lives today each and every one is a pioneer god's pioneering you to do something for your own family probably this is this is the very generation where you have to take certain stand and move in a direction so that god will be able to bless the generations that are to come would you pursue god would you lament before god would you pour yourself before god and would you lend that miracle that comes from god back to god so that he can multiply it he can use it for his glory because at the end of it it's not about the miracle that you received it's about the hands of god who's provided you that miracle i love the fact that you know god uses every instance in our life you know uh, i'm reminded even about uh, my wife who you know uh, with great difficulty you know that pregnancy of celeste our uh, second child happened and even during that season god had prompted her to share her testimony at one stage and i remember that you know at that one point she was so emotional and she couldn't share it but when the minute she came back home god impressed on her heart so much that she said gesham just record a video and i'll send it and when many others heard about it they were encouraged and they knew that there this was a similar story that they had to hold on to the promise of god sometimes it starts that small it starts that small and so church today let's not get caught up by the miracles that we receive by god but let's become stewards in which we know that the equation is what we've received we've learned to give for some of you who've been struggling financially you know the biggest learning that you can take is this receiving that you receive from god month on month as a salary how much of it are you really giving it back to god god will actually honor everything that you take with regard to that there is a beautiful equation of that in the word of god god's not a debtor i love this verse because of the fact that hana decided to give that one miracle that she longed for so much back to god and god blessed her with so much more the widow last two weeks back we heard she gave that one bread that she could bake and they were ready to die but because of that simple act of obedience to god her house didn't run dry with food and oil so church today what is it that god's asking you if you're waiting for that miracle would you be willing to give it back to god even right now i was just going to pray for all of us that god will open our hearts that we'll be able to pursue him deeper that we'll be able to pour ourselves to god you know wherever we are at he is a god who listens i love the fact that you know anna poured herself you know at a time when there was a wall where she couldn't just directly but god heard her cry today we have jesus who stoned that veil we have direct access to god so even as you're seated in your living room even as you're seated in your own home you can cry right now before god and ask god and he will hear you he's waiting to hear from you he's wanting to hear from you and the third thing is whatever miracle you receive from god will you be able to give it back so that god can use it for his glory and at the same time god will also use you to share that miracle across with many others who might be hurting who might be longing who might be wanting the love of a savior who's jesus can we pray 
our loving heavenly father lord we thank you lord for this time lord even right now i just pray lord over our entire church lord who's watching and for everyone else who logs in lord to watch that lord your hand be upon each and every one lord i pray that lord we all will make a conscious decision lord jesus to pursue to run deeper to lord make sure that we move more closer to you we are not happy with our status quo lord jesus we want to change this lord and even right now we pray and ask that lord we we'll give us the strength lord to pursue after you give us the courage lord to stand our ground and lord say no to everything else and only look to you lord jesus lord even right now we just pour ourselves lord i pray specifically for all those who have been wanting a miracle who have been longing for that miracle who have been lord lord looking at others lord to show them kindness and care and other things but lord we just right now pour everything back to you lord jesus we believe that you are the primary one lord jesus who's important lord for us to lament before to pour our hearts before lord jesus and i pray that even as we pour ourselves before you lord that you will hear We thank you for your word. We thank you for the Holy Spirit who's listening to us right now, Lord Jesus. And I pray that you would work in and through each and every one right now, Lord Jesus. We thank you. I pray even right now, Lord Jesus, that Lord, the miracles that we receive from you, that we'll be able to give it back to you, Lord Jesus, in whatever form, in whatever way, in which your Holy Spirit leads us, Lord. That we won't become hoarders, but we would become, Lord Jesus, who are known to give. We won't become consumers, but we'll become contributors, Lord Jesus. We'll learn to give, Lord Jesus, the same nature that you have, Lord Jesus. That we learn that from you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. I pray you would work in and through each and every one, Lord. May your hand be upon each and every one, Lord. I pray specifically, Lord, may each and every one dive deeper into your God's word, that we'll know your truth. We'll hold on to your truth, Lord Jesus, no matter whatever life throws at us, Lord. I pray that you would go before us, be with us, and strengthen us, Lord. In your most holy name, we pray. Amen. Amen. So church even as you get ready to step into this coming week and even as you step into you know pursuing God you know and even pouring out yourself to God and waiting for that miracle remember this one thing that God wants to be with you God is for you and he wants to you know he wants to change your status quo he just doesn't want you to be there he wants you to move from that position and even as you lean on him even as you you know start uh you know lamenting before him even as you start looking to him for everything he will fulfill it he will come through go in peace have a blessed week and god bless you thanks for listening to this message we hope you were blessed to hear more messages like this make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes if you like what you are hearing consider rating us subscribing and even sharing it with friends that would really help us for more content from via zion and to connect with us go to viazion.in remember whoever finds jesus finds life